Not all transplant centers are the same. The VCU Health Hume Lee Transplant Center is a national leader in transplantation. Hume Lee safely and effectively navigated the COVID-19 pandemic to continue liver transplants. The center has recently performed two procedures amid COVID, both of which have only been performed a handful of times in centers in the U.S. Few centers are capable of performing these innovative transplants. Joining us to talk about those procedures and more is Dr. David Bruno, the Surgical Director of Adult and Pediatric Liver Transplant at the VCU Health Hume Lee Transplant Center. This is Healthy with VCU Health. I'm Caitlin White. Now, talking about liver transplantation, can you talk about how great the need is here? Well, I think that that's what's on every liver transplanter's mind, is how can we possibly help all these people on the waiting list and reduce that high wait list mortality that we have in the United States? And it's really the question that um, we've been preoccupied with for 20 years now. And there are a few strategies that we use here at Humley for that. Our first and our go-to strategy, because the outcomes are so excellent, is living donor liver transplant. That means a friend or family member with a common blood type to yours or a compatible blood type to yours will give a piece of their liver to you if you need it. That doesn't take a liver out of what we call our donor pool or our cadaveric donors or DCD donors that we use traditionally in America. So those patients can be transplanted on schedules. The other ways that we're looking at or trying to alleviate the organ shortage for liver transplant here at Hume Lee is we're using grafts that were traditionally thought of as disadvantaged. You know, when we talk to our patients, I always say to them, does it sound like a great idea if I call you up and I say, well, this is a slightly disadvantaged liver or this is a higher risk liver or this is a liver, you know, has a, a viral hepatitis. And I always say, is that going to, does that sound good? And invariably my patients will say, no, that sounds like a terrible idea. But in reality, these livers that are slightly disadvantaged, I, I like to explain to them that they're all used. You can't get a new one. Some are used a little harder and some are, are used not so hard. And there are organs that we, we were trained and we traditionally thought were not transplantable that in fact are transplantable. These are organs with, uh, with a little more fat in them than what's considered a pristine organ. These are organs with hepatitis C, which is a disease that up until six or seven years ago was essentially incurable. What we talk about or, or the, what we do is we expand our donor pool by using these organs and our outcomes with them are excellent. And we'd love to hear more about those two procedures recently performed at the center. Let's start with the blood type incompatible liver transplant. So I, I guess in order to give a little background on that, I think those in themselves, I think those, those two cases would be unique. But in the midst of a global pandemic, I think they're really, it's, it's kind of a stunning achievement. And the reason, the reason why I would say that is, is at the beginning of the pandemic, we all had to ask ourselves the question, especially in liver transplantation, about whether or not we were going to stop doing transplants and, and our patients would suffer. Most of our patients have very, very little time 
so they're incredibly sick. The way that we measure uh, how sick they are is has a mortality factor that's sometimes measured in, in weeks. So we have to decide, A, whether or not we were going to continue doing that and what the, what the ramifications of that was, and B, how we were going to do it. Um, and I think that that was probably the biggest challenge of my career when we sat down. And, and I think that what we came up with was really simple, is these patients aren't going to be around when the global pandemic's over. And we don't know when the global pandemic's going to be over. So what we did was we tried to create an environment that protected our patients because they're um, somewhat immunosuppressed, but at the same time allowed them to still have this life-saving therapy. The blood type incompatible liver transplant that we did, which was a living donor, is a really quite a unique transplant in the United States. It's unusual for adult to adult blood type incompatible liver transplants. There are a lot of immunologic difficulties that you need to overcome to do that kind of transplant. So that situation, really, our, our hand was forced. That was kind of our shining moment. But, you know, all of our other uh, nurses, physicians, uh, and providers, you know, really rallied around this patient. So the crux of that is it's a hugely immunosuppressive regimen that they have to undergo. And to do it normally is dangerous. To do it in a pandemic is, um, you know, certainly uh, a, r- a really, really difficult, it's a really difficult mountain to climb. Just really had to be flawless. And we were able to provide that here. And tell us also about the complex domino liver transplant. So a domino liver transplant is a really a rare and unique event. That means that the patient who is needs a transplant has a liver that is able to be transplanted. And that that seems like a curious <laughs> thing, you would think that if someone needed a liver transplant, that their liver itself wouldn't, wouldn't be useful to anyone else or would be cirrhotic or sick or scarred the way that it normally is. But patients who are able to be domino donors and recipients at the same time are patients who have various genetic defects that aren't focused in their liver. So when we transplant them, we're trying to correct or have the, the liver that they're getting provide the things that their old liver wasn't. Oftentimes, the liver in another person who doesn't have that genetic disorder will work just fine. And that was the case in, with our domino transplant. So we did a living donor, and the donor was uh, that living donor was given to our domino recipient, and we were able to take the domino liver and put it in someone who had a really unique disease, which is colorectal metastasis. Now, I understand Hume Lee has undergone some programming changes recently. Tell us about how they separate your center from others. Traditionally, liver transplant programs in the United States in the past, for the past 20 or 30 years, haven't transplanted patients with some really common conditions. One of them is alcoholic hepatitis. So there's two ways that someone can have alcoholic liver disease. One way is that they can have cirrhosis from kind of a lifetime of drinking, but sometimes they could have one episode of hepatitis where they don't have cirrhosis. So 
maybe a situation where someone's binge drinking or some short-term drinking causes the liver to get really sick and swollen. And those patients traditionally, when I was training, weren't allowed to get transplants because we use what's called a six-month abstinence period for alcohol. So what we initially observed was that patients would come in with alcoholic hepatitis, and some of them you would be able to prognosticate, fix, help get the addiction medicine specialist involved. So they never had alcoholic hepatitis again, get alcohol treatment. And those patients did okay. But there was a subset of those patients who, no matter what medical treatment we tried on them, they wouldn't survive their hospitalization. So we thought that we should look at these patients for transplant. And what we found over the past few years is that the recidivism rate or their rate to going back to drinking isn't any higher than the chronic cirrhotics who have six months of sobriety. And those are in really well-selected patients. That's just not anyone who comes in with alcoholic hepatitis. It's a really satisfying experience. These are usually young people who've admittedly made mistakes with alcohol and that unfortunately for them are, are life-threatening mistakes. And it is through a really rigorous multidisciplinary selection with addiction medicine specialists, alcohol counselors, social workers, our hepatologists and our surgeons that, that we're able to figure out at least allow some of these patients to have a second chance. Whereas 10 or 15 years ago, no one would have even looked at them. So this is a really unique and different thing that we're doing here at Emily right now. The other group of people that's really interesting to me and that I think have really been traditionally thought of as not transplant patients are patients with uh, obesity and morbid obesity. And it turns out that those patients aren't horrible transplant candidates. Actually, they're, they're pretty good and they actually do pretty well after transplant. So as I was trained, if you had a BMI, which is how we measure body mass or obesity of over 45, then you weren't considered a candidate for liver transplant. But it turns out that patients with BMIs well over 45, 50, actually not only can they go through the transplant process, but after having a transplant, we could help them work on uh, getting their weight down to a healthy level that, it, you know, extends their life. So that is a really alcoholic hepatitis, obesity are two really unique changes that we've had to the program in the past year. Just one more question wrapping up here. So once a patient goes through their surgery, they're on the other side. I mean, how do they transition back to so-called normal life? You know, I, I tell my patients all the time after a few months when everything is stabilized that they, they really need to go back and live their life the way it was before they had their liver transplant. The only exception to that is that, of course, that they can't drink anymore. And that's just for our patients with alcohol. They don't all, they're not all alcoholic cirrhotics, but, you know, and, and our patients who aren't alcoholic cirrhotics, they can't drink anymore either because alcohol really harms that transplanted liver. So really the answer is your life is essentially, you know, I don't think of there, I don't think there's an expiration date on these organs. I think these patients 
can live long, normal, and healthy lives. It's not a temporary therapy. I don't uh, put a liver in and think to myself, oh, this will last a year, or this will last five years, or I expect this to last their natural life. And if it's taken care of, uh, it will. So I don't think there are tons of limitations on what they could do. I've had patients who've gone skydiving. I've had patients who have climbed uh, Kilimanjaro. I have a patient who uh, the Atlanta Marathon every year and, and sends me a postcard afterwards. So I, I, it's, not, it's, not a, it's not a life uh, limiting therapy. It's just, you just turn out to be, you don't turn into a liver transplant patient. You're just, you're just a person who happened to have had a liver transplant. Well, that was Dr. David Bruno. We really appreciate you joining us today. For additional information about liver transplantation at VCU Health, visit vcuhealth.org transplant. This is Healthy with VCU Health. I'm Caitlin White. Thanks for being with us.